Hi everyone, this is Diva from Blood Hunter and you're listening to the Metal Pit Podcast. Welcome to the Metal Pit Podcast, where we delve deep into the albums and bands that shaped metal. Please visit our website, www.themetalpit.org, where you can find album reviews, interviews, and live show reviews, and more. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, at The Metal Pit. And for from video interviews, shorts, and audio versions of this podcast, please visit our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com at the Metal Pit 666, and subscribe to us. This is our first regular episode of 2024, as last week we did a recap of the year in metal of 2023 and gave out our top 15 albums of the year last year. So we're getting back into some classic albums again, and tonight we're going to talk about suicidal tendencies. Um, briefly, just a short thing. Of course, an American crossover thrash band formed in, formed in 1980 in Venice, California, Venice, Los Angeles, California, by vocalist Mike Muir, who is the still in the band today and the only surviving not surviving they're not dead or anything but <laughs> the only member that's been in the band the whole time and uh let me just start right off right now oh we're gonna do the album uh lights camera revolution so i'm gonna ask oh sorry my two i forgot to introduce my guest i have two guests my writers two of my writers jim and billy how are you two today doing well awesome. doing well Okay, so now I'll ask a question. When the, we're doing the 1990 Lights, Camera, Revolution, when did you first hear Suicidal Tendencies or this album? Jim, you can go first. Uh, I think I probably heard the first album in the 83, but a few years later with I Saw Your Mommy, it was a wicked song. But I think the first album I actually bought would be How Will I Laugh Tomorrow When I Can't Even Smile Today. And that's probably my favorite suicidal album, but... I mean, this is the one that just lit it up. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I fell in love with them. The the Controlled by Hatred, Feel Like Shit uh, albums, Wicked 2 and Join the Army. But that would be the first time I probably bought one was How Will I Laugh. Okay, and Billy? Uh, yeah, for me, probably first time I heard them would have been uh, our Canadian music channel, Much Music. Uh, seeing the video possessed the skate and institutionalized. So what that may have been like 87, 88 or something. Uh, and to be honest, I didn't like it too much. Uh, it was a little <laughs> bit uh, too punk. Uh, definitely didn't click with me. Uh, but similar to Jim, a friend of mine let me How Will I Laugh Tomorrow uh, when that thing first came out and I loved it. So uh, from that point on, big fan. But uh, pre that album, I'll have to be honest, honest i have trouble getting into those early albums <laughs> uh, well for me i think it's the same with billy i guess it was actually with usually i don't get into a band by video first but i think it was seeing institutionalized mm. on much music as you said here in canada mtv in the united states uh but i, I did like the song even though i never really considered myself liking punk music but I like the song. I mean, it was funny, of course, you know, as most of their videos were back then with the actors and stuff in there and being a bad kid. And he wanted a Pepsi and they wouldn't even give him a Pepsi. And even though I don't like Pepsi, but whatever. <laughs> and then and then, yeah, seeing uh, Possessed to Skate on the next album. Now, it's I, so I can't really remember if I heard Institutionalized and went and bought the first album. I know I have it now, but I can't remember that far back to think. Did I go out and buy the album? Did I go buy the second album after I heard Possessed Skate? Or did I wait until the next one, too, with How Will I Laugh tomorrow one? Because I know they really changed the sound changed for that album. So let me go back to a little. So some of this is off of Wikipedia. So I'll just kind of say some of what they're saying here. Along with dirty, rotten imbeciles, DRI, corrosion of conformity, and stormtroopers of death, 
Suicidal is often credited as one of the fathers of crossover thrash. Now, I don't really like that term. Like, I don't even understand exactly what it means. <laughs> but I know they went from punk to, I guess, thrash, even though I wouldn't really call them thrash. Would you guys call suicidal tendencies thrash much? Yeah. 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 I, I guess I stick with that crossover, right? To me, crossover thrash is not pure thrash as we know it. Like, mm -hmm. not like, you know, I don't know, Kill 'em All or, or like, uh, uh, Slayer, Rain, Rain, Rain and Blood. Like, to me, it's, it's thrash, but like still mixed in with hardcore and punk. So, yeah. And I agree. I, I think, it. I think it has, uh, it bridges that gap because, you know, back then, metal fans, and punk fans were at odds with each other and these bands sort of bridged that gap so you know it was oh it was cool to see metal guys at these shows and obviously punk guys as well uh people not necessarily guys but uh you know and i think that bridged the gap and really they're in in my mind a hugely underrated uh band for really pushing the metal genre that much farther and i think they're an important band and I think they get overlooked a lot. So, you know, hearing that we were able to do this album was super exciting. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the band first achieved success with their debut album again, because of the video institutionalized since MTV played it a lot in the States. I mean, and they continued to grow. And then the next album was Join the Army in 1987. That was their first album to make it into Billboard's Top 200 chart. And then they came up with the third one there. I don't, do I have the, oh, 88 is when How Will I Laugh Tomorrow When I Can't Even Smile Today came out. And then the year after, they had the next one, Controlled by Hatred, Feel Like Shit, Deja Vu. <laughs> and then, of course, this one, Lights, Camera, Revolution. And it was well-received in the thrash metal and heavy metal communities. And it had a it made a gold album. And it was also nominated for a Grammy, wasn't it? I think it's this one, yes. Oh, or the song, uh, the, the first track, Don't You Can't Bring Me Down, was nominated down. for a Grammy. But they lost out to some band called Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> Who lost out to Jethro Tull. Uh, Jethro Tull. <laughs> Oh, was that the first? Oh, I thought it said Met Oh. Oh no, no. I just mean I, there was one time when Metallica got nominated first for Best oh. Metal and Jethro Tull beat them, who's not oh, even okay. really metal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, okay. So this album, 1990, Lights Camera Revolution, is one of the most popular ones by suicidal tendencies. Uh I really like the one that came after this too, the mm -hmm. the art of the art of rebellion, right? So yep. I like them both a lot. And of course, this album was the first to feature Robert Trulio on the bass, who, of course, is now in that band, Metallica. And of course, Robert Trulio's son is now in Suicidal Tendencies, <laughs> which we might get to later. But he hasn't been on an album yet, but he has played with them live. And I think they're working on a new album, but I can't really say that for sure. And of course, Suicidal also had the group that grew from suicidal tendency that was infectious grooves which of course robert trulio was also in that with mike muir and i think trulio's uh funk kind of bass stuff that he liked to do was a big influence in that as well with this album too where you get some where they kind of got away from just punk and started doing new things so let's get to, uh, oh, the lineup in this group is Mike Muir, lead vocals, Rocky George, lead guitar, of course, Mike Clark, rhythm guitar, Robert Trulio, bass, and drummer R.J. Herrera. Uh, and by far the best lineup of suicidal tendencies, in my view. Yes, I think Rocky George is a pretty underrated guitarist. Great. One thing about like the band, because they were started punk, I guess. And so they had all they had the skateboard people, the punk people, the gang people there in Los Angeles. And then, of course, Rocky George is African-American. And I, was prob I don't know if he's the first African-American guy in a heavy metal band or not. But I know he was probably one of the first. And so you even see from the videos where there's. You know, when you go back to your Slayer and Exodus and Metallica videos, you don't see a lot of African-Americans in the crowd or whatever part of the thing. But you really see it 
with this group as they really had a wide variety of people and i know they had problems los and in los angeles getting <laughs> shows early on because they didn't want the people that were going to come to the show <laughs> to be at their venues and stuff so i know they had a problem at the start there but anyway well, they were let's actually get banned. To, oh, yeah oh, sorry yeah. go ahead they were actually they, they were actually banned in la so sure. for many years which was pretty cool and i think there's on youtube an old uh where they played in front of tower records in the uh in the parking lot and they got shut down after a couple of songs so but that really made it really cool for me because i love the fact that these guys are banned in la and that's the metal capital kind of you know back then and they were banned so right off the bat they were they were on my list for sure and i'm sure they had their problems with the pmrc of course and i'm sure the song i saw your mommy probably didn't help anything <laughs> and oh i was going to mention the album cover is not very creative to me <laughs> it's just like a band photo as there's it's taken at the vista theater on sunset drive in los feliz los angeles which is probably where they played a lot and they're just standing there but so it's not very an exciting of an album cover to talk about it's just a band photo really so we're going to talk about the first track you can't bring me down let's go billy talk about you can't bring me down yeah, so so great song. I uh, love this song. One of my favorites uh, on the album. Uh, you know, just starts great, right? The, the cool, slow guitar intro. Uh, and then the song just explodes with, like, raw energy. Uh, like, it's a great way to uh, start the song. Great anthem, drive, rhythm to this song. Uh, some crazy vocal lines on here. Not crazy, but memorable. You know, like, like when Mike's, like, you know, who the hell are you calling crazy? You wouldn't know crazy if Charles Manson, uh, Manson was eating Fruit Loops on your porch. Like a lot of cool uh, uh, lines here. Uh, amazing chorus. Um, and for me, it just really sticks with me because uh, I love this band live. It's one of my favorite bands live. And they usually start with this song. So I always just envision that slow start. And Mike always hides behind stage. And then when it kicks off he comes running out onto the stage to to do his vocal line uh to open this song and he runs around like a madman like the complete left of the stage right of the song and he never stops once um so yeah it, it, it's just a great underlying song but the the live performance of the song just has it ingrained in me like i love it great song jim yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he said it all. I had the lyric written down as well. I mean, that's everybody's favorite lyric. And this song is a wicked song. And I, you said earlier that Rocky George is definitely an underrated guitarist. And I agree. And this yeah. album, <clears throat> excuse me, this album just absolutely showcases his talents as well as the talents of everybody else. But I mean, the video for this was wicked. And I remember the first time I saw the video was on a greatest hits, like of they used to do power, it used to be called Power Picks and each year so they do power picks 90 in the end of 90 i think it was like new year's eve or something they did the top videos on the power hour for um for metal and this was one of them i mean the video just is so awesome and yeah how it starts off slow and a lot of the songs on this album are like that and it just ignites and i think you've got this album was getting a little bit more away although there is some punk sounding songs on here they were getting a little bit more away from sort of the punk groove and getting more into a real serious metal thrash uh, uh, groove for sure. And, uh, but no, Wicked Song, one of my favorites. Not my favorite on the album, but one of my favorites on the album. Well, this is probably my favorite on the album. And yeah, it was such a classic metal start to an album and a song with like what you guys said, the slow intro and then just kicking it in. And I, I've never seen them live before. I don't know, Jim, you probably haven't either, I'm assuming. No, I haven't, no. Billy's seen everybody, so we already know that. But um, <laughs> but I was watching some YouTube videos today and I was watching exactly what Billy was saying about it was the start of some concerts and they started with this song and and Mike comes running out, running all over the place. Luckily, they were playing on big stages. I don't know yeah. what he does if they're playing on a small stage, but <laughs> but yes, he was running around like a maniac there. And yes, I also had my I also had wrote down about Charles Manson, so I don't have to say that either. 
But yeah, the video is a big hit on MTV, and they even put that sign about being banned in LA. It was at the start of it, the newspaper headline. I'm not sure it was a real newspaper, but they put that on there. And then Mike Muir was in the electric chair wearing a Los Angeles King jersey, I guess, for all us Canadians to enjoy. I bet he's wearing a hockey team's shirt. <laughs> As he's going to get electrocuted, I don't know. But I know he's a hockey fan, too. <laughs> uh and part of it might also be about the PMRC and how they're trying to censor everybody. And But I love the little things that he does, like just when he's talking, uh, where is it? Sorry, I got too much stuff here. You know, even when he mentions, like he says, tell him what's up, Rocky, and then he goes into a solo and stuff like yeah. that. He just yeah. does little things like that all the time, yeah. which he'll do something else later and other songs and then of course i love the line at the end where he says because this ain't no mr rogers neighborhood and we won't get all the foul language there at the end but anyway yes it's one of my favorite songs then we go to lost again oh by the way uh yeah you can't bring i did check a set list live thing about songs played and of course you can't bring me down is the second most played suicidal tendencies song live after now i forget the name of the other song i'll look that up we'll talk about lost again jim what do you think of lost again oh this is my this is my favorite song on the album i mean this is just a riff inspired song it's so good i mean that guitar is starting uh how it just rips right into it it's a wicked song the chugging guitars that just keep going and this really really shows the and you know and mike's vocals i mean on the whole album are awesome but on this song i really really like it and this is kind of reminiscent of me if i was listening to this i could hear dave mustaine singing this song and this would make a wicked negative song um you know just but i mean mike kills it and i i mean i love it it's my favorite song it's so heavy and i love the guitars on it just blows me away i, I love this song it's uh it's my favorite on this album, probably in my top 10 suicidal songs. So cool. And Billy. <clears throat> yeah, I know a great song again for me. One of, uh, one of my favorites. Um, I, I, it's just like every song on this album, like don't you guys find yeah. has these <laughs> like, uh, especially at the starts of the song, have these like incredibly addictive, like riff hooks. Um, yeah. And they all kind of start with that. And, you know, this one's no different, but like this one again, because, you know, it, it, it lots of good like tempo changes, style changes within the song. Like, this is what makes this album so great. Like, it's not just your standard like thrash song, uh, a lot of interesting stuff uh, coming into these songs. Um, and again, you know, Mike's vocals. I mean, Jim, you already said it, but like his ability to like, you know, mm -hmm do an aggressive vocal, but then come right back with these cool vocal melodies that are like, you know, melodic and, um, you know, like even in this song, he just almost sounds like menacing at times. Like, yeah. it's just, like he, his vocals, uh, you know, totally make suicidal tendencies. No mic, no suicide, as great as all the band members are. And obviously he's the only original member. So, but uh, I just, I, I, I agree. Another great song, killer Rocky solo again uh towards the end of the song uh and pretty much in every song he has a great solo but yeah good stuff yeah i don't think i could imagine suicidal tendencies being sung by anybody except mike yeah it would be really weird <laughs> i think <laughs> even with all the lineup changes behind them yeah but there's always, I don't, most of the time, I don't care about lyrics that much. But yeah, there's always great lines in the songs, even with infectious grooves coming after that. There's just always these fun lines to say, whether they really make that much sense sometimes. But they're just all, like this one, he says, when I was burning, you put wood in the fire, things like that. And I just love all these little things that he always does and lines he just throws in there. Yeah, he's then we go to the song... Alone, alone. Sorry, I said that stupid. Uh, I'm going to talk about this one first. Not, and I want to bring anybody down or nothing. But I have fought with uh, depression for many years, so some of the lyrics in this song really kind of are like how I feel sometimes. Like when he says, uh, "I feel so alone. I feel so alone in a room full of people." 
which is sometimes that is exactly how I feel. So it's kind of funny when I was listening to the song back then. And of course, you know, they're called suicidal tendencies, even though they don't. So that's why they got in trouble because of their name. People thought, well, they want people to commit suicide or something. <laughs> so they had to fight for that, but they didn't want to change their name. But of course, they're trying to help people and they don't want their fans to kill themselves. Like then they lose money. Right. I don't know. Stupid. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this I love this song and I, it just kind of speaks to me. It doesn't really cheer me up, but it doesn't really make me feel any worse. So, <laughs> Billy, what do you think of Alone? Yeah, no, uh, another great song. It, it's kind of cool. It starts sort of like a ballad, uh, but then obviously picks up and speeds up. Um, so again, that's what I, I think I might have said it, but what's cool about these songs, like the different pacing within them is really good. The songwriting strong. Uh, and, and this is cool because you get these like crunchy guitars, uh, but then you also at times have Mike just doing like this mainstream, almost poppy vocal Uh uh, approach to the song so so that's really cool uh rhythm section really stands out here rob on bass and uh, ra Herrera on drums i mean they're just the driving force behind uh, a lot of these tracks just just again you know, great songwriting uh, i'm a fan of this too and jim <clears throat> yeah this is a cool song i mean the vote you know the lyric that says seems like things are getting further out of hand why can't for once things go just as I planned. How dare you, how dare you tell me that you understand? I mean, it's, you know, these guys have always in their material going back, uh, always talked about, uh, you know, I mean, their, their song institutionalized and that sort of side of maybe a mental health uh, uh, awareness to some degree. And I think it's a really cool song. I, you know what, I, I think Billy took my notes because I, I had a ballad with a question mark and then it's got that dark sound <laughs> and then the guitars rip in and it just turns into a, a really, really neat song. But I think this one has the most punk sound on it. And it's got kind of, in parts for me, almost like an earlier misfit sound, just obviously way better produced. But like in that, it's got kind of that dark sound. But I mean, you know, you got to give them credit for tackling this sort of, uh, you know, in 1990. I mean, we've talked about a lot of albums in the past in 1990, where a lot of, you know, Testament and that sort of thing where bands were starting to tackle more social issues rather than just, uh, you know, banging your head against the wall type thing. And, um, you know, and this is definitely evidence of that and, and kind of shows how deep the band is. I mean, it's a really, really good song. And I think everybody has felt that way at some point in their life, week, year, month, whatever, you know. So definitely people can, uh, can uh, you know, attach themselves to that. Absolutely. Yes, and then we go from being alone to feeling lovely. <laughs> now, if you just read if you just read the lyrics to this song before you heard the song, you think this can't be a heavy metal song or a punk song. He keeps saying la 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 like <laughs> but of course when you hear the way they play it, it does it kind of works even though the lyrics are still a little goofy and he says I think I'll throw a party and I don't know, it's kind of weird. But anyway, Jim, what do you think of lovely? kind of cool i like the lyrics so tipper babe don't you remember me i mean that's a good shot at tipper gore you know uh from the washington wives there that cult that they formed in uh the american government to censor all good music so but anyways uh you know I, the bass in this is phenomenal i mean this really the bass is great in all the songs guitar is great in all the songs the drums the the, you know, but the bass really comes out. I love it when he gets a chance to, you know, Robert gets a chance to really showcase it, uh, you know, with that doodle and he just kind of goes for it. I love it. It's a good, fun song. I like it. And Billy? Yeah, no, I'm actually a big fan. So this is obviously one of the two uh, really uh, funky uh, songs on the album. Um, and so, you know, as Jim said, Rob uh, Rob Tregilio's bass uh, is sort of the lead in this song. And, uh, you know, outside of metal, probably my favorite style of music is 70s jazz rock fusion. And that's also Rob uh, Tregilio's favorite. Uh, and we're both big fans of a bass, uh, a bass player called uh, Jacko uh, Pistorius. Um, and so this song, it really is pulling in like a lot of 70s style Jacko uh, in those bass lines. So I think that, that that's really cool. Uh, so I feel right at home uh, with, with, a, with a funky song like this. 
Um, but yeah, like I think musically, it's a great song, uh, really funky instrumental break towards the end. Um, and yeah, like, like, uh, you mentioned it earlier, but like, you know, Mike, that, that weird part where he starts doing the la la la, uh, <laughs> sing along towards the end, like it shouldn't work, but it works. Uh, yeah. with like the uh, music in the background. So really good. Rocky's great. And then let's not forget, uh, the song ends with like a, a funky uh, cowbell uh, playing <laughs> towards the end. So yeah, great track. Yeah, this as Jim mentioned about uh, the like the P- PMRC. This is probably something for them. So like, here's a lovely yeah. song for you, and you can see how nice we are writing a song saying la 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 and all that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it still works. <laughs> then we go to give it revolution, and I'll go with Billy first. Yeah, I know. So, so uh, I really like the song. Um, yeah, another one again starts out with a super memorable riff uh, that reoccurs through the track. Um, you know, pacing stands out again. Good mix of melody and, and like faster parts of the song. Uh, really strong pre-chorus, chorus. Uh, also has cool ba- uh, backing vocals by the band that pops up uh, on a couple of these songs. Uh, and really the last minute of the song is great. The song really picks up, you know, a killer Rocky solo uh, at the end. Um, and Mike just, you know, again, great vocals, you know, he's groovy, uh, cool vocal melodies again. So again, another sort of standout track. Jim. Oh yeah. This is my second favorite on the album. I love this song. This has got such a heavy groove to it. And, you know, Billy's right. I mean, this is just, Music musically, this is amazing, and it's a great thrash song. But I love, I, you know, I, I love the message it throws out there. You know, you could put a bullet in my head, but you can't kill a word I said. I mean, that's amazing, and I think that that really rings through. I think at this time, you know, everybody has to remember. I mean, the three of us grew up during these times, and uh, you know, things were changing towards the end of the eighties. Uh, you know, and and music was changing as well as society, and I think that. You know the the control aspect of what the government and what uh, what the uh, Big Brother was trying to do at the time. You know these guys were definitely fighting back. But I mean, a wicked song. I love it. It's uh, this is one of my go to songs on this album. Absolutely. Now I love every song on the album, but for for <laughs> me, this is my least favorite song on the album, which is kind of funny. really. Yeah. <laughs> now it's not that I don't like it. I mean, I love them all. It's just. You know, if I had this, if somebody said take one song off it, it'd probably be this one. It's just a little more mid pace compared to some of the others, I guess. I don't know, but still a good song. And this song, by the way, I haven't been mentioning this, but this song has been played live once. And wow. it's kind of strange. <laughs> and then we have to get whacked. And this song has been played four times live. So a few of these songs on this album, they didn't play very much. And I don't know why, but the song starts off like you're at a horse race with the trumpet thing there. I'm not really sure what that's all about. But Jimmy, what do you think of Get Whacked? It's a great song. Again, like you, Blake, and and probably Billy. I mean, I love this whole album. There's For me, there's no skip songs on this, but this would probably be my weakest weakest one on the album. But I mean, it's got killer guitars, and it's so heavy and fast. I mean, I, I like it. It's just uh, there's so much other good stuff on this album but uh no no i re- i really really like it it's a, it's a wicked song and uh again you know it's just um it just showcases how musically sound and vocally sound this band was and i, yeah. I it is sorry and it's just uh, this album was so good i mean mm-hmm. there's not a skip track on it in my mind and billy yeah, I know. Agree. Like, I, I don't have a weak uh, song on the album. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I again, just this simple little thing, like putting this weird, like classical orchestra piece to kick it off, and then the uh, the trumpet going wrong, and then all of a sudden, you know, it kicks in with uh, heavy grooves and rhythms. Like, great song. Probably Mike's. Like, I mean, he's using so many different vocal styles in this song. It, it's kind of crazy. Um, and the band just takes off kind of in the last half, just totally shredding. Uh, just more like unique, interesting songwriting, like another good one. 
And I like the lyric line where he says, one quarter Scottish, three quarters insane. <laughs> so he must yeah. be Scottish, I guess, heritage or something. I don't know. Unless he's talking about Scottish people. And I'm not, I'm still not really sure exactly what whack whack means, but, you know, we all need a little whack time, don't we? I don't know. <laughs> then we go to yeah. probably their most commercially uh, accessible song, maybe. I don't know. Send me your money. Billy, what do you think of Send Me Your Money? Yeah, this is the other one that uh, a real a real funky song. Um, so so enjoy it as well. Uh, maybe not my my uh, favorite favorite song, uh, but again, there there's no weak songs on here. But you know the riffs are heavy, like cool grooves, and this again, like being the funky song, like Rob's bass is all over this one. And within the song, you know, you actually hear Mike asking Rob uh, for the bass, right? And so that yeah. kicks in uh, in and out a few times uh you know a, a super memorable chorus no surprise but i think here we got to call out the uh the drummer on this one he really stands out uh some great fills and intricate playing like i think he stands out most on this song uh, in my view for interesting uh, uh playing and i kind of think you know back uh jim when, when me you and i think it was ken did the uh, death uh, also <laughs> in this year uh, podcast and you know you think of the album cover and it kind of fits right in with the lyrics yeah. of the song, uh, which is sort of, you know, going after the television, uh, uh, you know, preachers and stuff that was going on at the time. So, yeah, I mean, a great, again, no weak songs, but, you know, maybe not my favorite, but but a great song nevertheless. Jim? Yeah, I mean, I agree with what Billy said musically. I mean, this has got a bluesy, heavy groove. I mean, it's probably... It's really cool, and it's an interesting song. I like the chugging guitars. There's so many songs on that with that on this album, but I love the lyric, you know. Now, if you could only send me a dollar or two, there ain't a hell a lot, I can promise you. But if you want, if he wants to see Heaven's Door, make a checkout for $5 million or more. I mean, a good slap at those bastard TV evangelists that were ripping people off in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and probably still going on. But I love that. And and yeah, as soon as I read that, I thought of, you know, the, the death album. I mean, come yeah. on, spiritual healing. I just was like, God, that fits so perfectly. And it, 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 it absolutely does. But yeah, Wicked Song, again, not one of my favorites, but definitely not. There's nothing on this album that's skippable in my mind. So. Yeah. And Billy briefly mentioned it there, but yeah, I love it when he says, now give me some bass. And then Robert plays a little bass line and then he, a little more goes by, you know, give me some more bass. And, and he even says, yeah, that was funky or whatever. I know I like that. And of course I, I love the line. We will take your mama's dentures if they got gold in them for some money there. Yeah. And he even mentions Jim and Tammy Faye Baker in the lyrics. Yeah. So yes, yeah. obviously we know what's going on. Then we go to emotion number 13, which it could be also about the song alone. I don't know what emotion, if there's this specific meaning of emotion number 13 besides that. I don't know. But Billy, what do you think of this song? Yeah, I'm a big fan of this one. Uh, it's heavy, but also, you know, Mike's vocals uh, are like very catchy as a, as a pretty strong chorus. Uh, musically, it actually gets sort of into uh, uh, technical territory on this one. The, the guys are in fine uh, fine form, uh, like great guitar work by Rocky. Uh, Rob's bass is like weaving in and out of this thing. Great drumming, especially the second half. Like it's like a shred fest. Um, so yeah, another like really strong song. Jim, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. This was my other second pick for like uh, kind of a more of a punk vibe set to a heavy 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 groove so yeah and i agree it, it's awesome i mean the guitars on this again are amazing and it's a great song um i like it and yeah it probably goes hand in hand with alone i would say just judging by the lyrical content probably very similar um but yeah another great great song as we you know and we're ending we're heading towards the end of the album here. And uh, I mean, this thing is just not letting up at all. I mean, it's, it's great to say, you know, you start off with such a, like a killer track of you can't bring me down and you just keep going. And I think that's pretty cool. A lot of albums, uh, you know, a lot of bands, a lot of albums by the eighth song, things are starting to 
kind of maybe run into that filler territory and that definitely doesn't happen on this album yeah we we seem to all love the songs but for them playing them live they don't seem to because <laughs> this song has never been played live it says <laughs> wow yeah it's it's tough i guess right because they have like you know uh, people who go to their shows like a whole chunk of the audience wants to hear kind of the first two albums then people want to mm -hmm. hear you know that mid you know that mid group of albums like there's so many songs that, that i guess so many albums that they could really only do a couple from each album yeah that's true but yeah. you'd think some of these would get on better Especially yeah. on that tour, the tour for the album, but because yeah. I didn't mention it, but "Send Me Your Money" is their second most played live from this album, and ninth of all time according to Wikipedia, or according to Setlist.fm website. If that is perfectly true, there. So then, oh, I also love the line in the where he says, "Don't ask me how I know, but I think I'm dying." But <laughs> We're all dying sometime, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> then we go to now. The, uh, people today might not even understand this song because disco. When was disco <laughs> last year? But anyway, the song's called "Disco's Out, Murder's In." Now, murder's still in, and disco's still out. I guess so. Jim, what do you think of this song? <laughs> ah, it's a great song. I mean, this is. I think for suicidal, like like the, the hardcore suicidal fans, it's probably one of the top songs. I don't know what what has it been played a lot live? Uh, four times. <laughs> I, I figured it would have been played a lot more than that, but I like it. It's pretty cool. It's got. I mean, I love the discos out murder in that they just keep going through it, and I mean, it's it again another heavy guitars, and I think this might be even the fastest track probably on the album. I think of it for myself. I think of it as a fan's favorite, but it's got some really. Uh, cool stuff, uh, you know, not looking for a filler, just a serial killer. It's got to be violent to make a highlight, I guess, you know, and then and then the other one there, goody, goody, another promotion, one more time in slow motion. The mountain won't come to Mohammed. Let's keep our fingers crossed and maybe we'll bomb it. So, you know, it's a, it's got some pretty pretty cool lyrics, but I mean, the majority of it's just discos, discos yeah. out, murders in. So it, it's pretty cool in my book. And I mean, the second last song on the track, it's awesome. And Billy? Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of it as well. It's funny, the track is uh, somewhat simplistic in structure, but, you know, the execution yeah. is is great. Uh, you know, I mean, it just, just even like, you know, Mike just shouting discos out and then the band <laughs> shouting back murders in. Like, it, again, simple, but it works and it's cool. And even towards the end, like, Mike does some, like, crooning over the music, right? Where he's doing the da-da-da-da-da, like, through the, uh, through the song song um so at one point and so again that little stupid thing but it actually adds something cool to the song so so enjoy enjoy it it's a great one overall Good. well as I, I was listening to this like on my tv so i got spotify on and i got the lyrics showing just so i can see if there's anything i wanted to pick up on and yeah, you got your la di da 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 di da <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and then I laugh first time Spotify's ever made me laugh, but in the lyrics it says all kind of la di fucking does. It even says that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not what he says in the song. That's what Spotify is saying about the song or whoever does the lyrics for Spotify. But I thought, well, that's funny. So yes. And then we go to the closing track. Now this one's played 53 times live, so I guess they like this one a little better than some of the others. Going breakdown and uh Billy, what do you think? Yeah, so uh, you know, another uh, uh a great song. Um you know, again, back to our we're reusing it over and over not a week track. Uh another great uh, riff to open the song. Uh this one's groovy and and funky at times again. A little more straightforward also. Um you know, it gets really thrashy towards the end. So, you know, a mishmash of some of the themes we heard uh on the earlier song. So, you know, a good song again uh, not my top couple uh, on the album but uh, again back to the not a week song on the album and jim <clears throat> yeah this would be like my tied for my second or third best what a way to finish off an album like just rip it right out and just go for it and i think that's what it feels like at the end of this album you know i 
it doesn't from the first track right down to the last track it's just uh, a, a, a massive assault of the senses and i think it continues through this song it, it's absolutely wicked and yes and i love the song too of course and i guess more lyrics that i made a note of he says if you like magic here's a trick trick snap my fingers now i'm a lunatic and of course he graduated head of class majored in kicking ass there you go <laughs> So that is the album. Um, oh, we're going to rate it. I'm going to go first. I'm going to beat Jim to the punch because I have a feeling I know what he's going to give it. <laughs> Maybe Billy too, but I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Nice. So, Jimmy, what do you give it? Oh, man, this is definitely a 10 out of 10 in my <laughs> book. And you know what? I got to admit, being able to do the podcast on this, I probably haven't listened to it in probably a couple of months and broke it out all weekend. And I mean, this... I'm, it's now in my my uh, daily playlist now. So and it will and then I'm, it'll seep into other albums as well from them for sure. And Billy, what would you rate rate this one? Yeah, uh, pretty much a repeat of uh, you guys. So a ten, uh, and I was the same thing. I haven't listened to it in quite some time, but you know, put it on to prep for this podcast, and uh, man, it's aged incredibly yeah. well. Uh, I, I think I probably played it five, six, seven times. Uh, and, you know, and I think back, I put this thing in my, when we did our top 50 episode, I think it was kind of middle of the pack after I spent the week with it. Like I, I should have rated it higher. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just really, uh, I think I appreciate it more with age actually, uh, yeah. the, the unique nuances to the song, uh, you know, mean more now than they did, uh, in 1990 to me yeah i didn't go back and check and i don't have a very good memory but i'm sure i have this one in my top 50 also and i probably have the art of rebellion also in my top 50 i think if i didn't i should have <laughs> but yeah so i love those two albums and even the ones like you know trip at the brain song on the other album is great and even the some of the recent ones i don't i probably didn't listen to them a lot but i still didn't mind listening to them not like i get with some groups I'll re later release albums in their catalog. I don't like them at all, but I still like them. It's probably because Mike's there and Mike's always Mike and everything. So, oh, and I'll ask about seeing them live. Billy already mentioned it briefly, but you can talk about how many times have you seen them live or maybe your favorite show of them or whatever. Yeah, so got a chance to see them like uh, I'm going to estimate like seven times. Um, so the first time seeing them, uh, obviously a great memory was this tour, uh, 1990 in Montreal. Uh, and actually, you know, they totally got overshadowed because you had Pantera uh, doing Cowboys and Exodus doing Fabulous Disaster uh, on this tour. But that was just a great night. Uh, and again, uh, Suicidal killed it for sure. Um, you know, first time I saw them, they don't play Wacken too often but got to see them in 2011 uh, again massive crowd there so that was really cool uh 2014 saw them in california uh with slayer and exodus again uh, that was cool because you know california a bit of a home state crowd probably the most diverse uh diverse audience ever like you know the mosh pit was like nothing like like i've seen before which is really cool i thought that was great and then the last show I'll mention, uh, 2016, them playing with Megadeth, uh, Amanda, Marth, Metal Church. Um, and they were one of the, I think they came on after Metal Church, if I remember right. Um, but this was great. I mean, on this tour, Megadeth was the headliner. Uh, I, I don't know if I've told this story, but Megadeth were doing like a $300 VIP tour. Um, and suicidal after their set marched out into the main lobby, uh, brought out a table uh, and sat there and did free signings and pictures. Um, <laughs> so they signed my album. I got a picture with all the band members. Uh, Dave uh, Lombardo was the drummer. So got to chat with him, got a picture with him. Um, you know, just, I mean, they're so down to earth, right? Uh, it reminds me like, you know, Death Angel does this as well at all their shows. 
Um, so like it's just such a contrast to Megadeth, who were like charging a fortune to 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 just take a picture uh, <laughs> and get an album signed, and these guys are doing it for free right in the main hall. So like <laughs> the the only stipulation was if you actually bought a T-shirt or or an album there at the show, you got to go to the front of the line. So I bought their album at the time uh, that was there selling at the merch table, and I got rushed to the front of the line. So that was kind of Cool. but uh yeah i mean cool. they're always fantastic live mike is a madman like i don't know how old he is now but like even in 2016 the man never stops running from one end of the stage to the other from the first song to the to the last song there's so much energy and, and you know a lot of their tracks are bass heavy and that just sounds fantastic live so yeah if you guys get a chance uh, definitely go see them they're they're well worth it I had tickets to see them once with Pantera, okay. but I didn't have anybody to go with, and I was scared to go by myself, so I oh. didn't go. <laughs> I can't remember the year. This would have been, obviously. Maybe it's... it was 90 then, because they were with Pantera and Exodus. Yeah. When I saw them in Montreal. Well, I thought it was just the two of them, but I could be wrong. It's many years but i know it was i know it was for sure it was pantera and suicidal tendencies and i would have loved to seen them both then but i don't remember exodus being on the bill because i know i loved exodus too so maybe it was a different yeah, maybe just exodus yeah. didn't come to toronto i don't know what but yeah i just it was just the time where because i didn't go to small not unlike you billy i didn't go to small shows or anything like i was okay. used to the big arena shows and stuff and so some by myself i thought you know, even though I know it's not scary, but still, it was a little scary thinking, can I go in there by myself? <laughs> so, well, I, I didn't mean, even make this, the trip, but. To this day, I'd say 80 to 90% of all the shows I go to, I'm by myself. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I went to a few by myself, but not too many. I mean, one thing, I had to drive two hours to Toronto by myself to do it in the first place. Yeah. So I probably didn't really want to do that too often anyway. Yeah. But anyway, okay, so now we're going to go to our top 10 metal albums. I'm assuming everybody has all metal albums here from 1990, and we'll see how we match here. Because 1990 is the kind of the birth of death metal. So we got some death metal, as I was looking through the list. I'm not a death metal fan myself much, but I know you two are. So we'll see if maybe you make some death metal albums made your list. I have a feeling I know one death album will make the list but we'll find out when you do your list so we'll let jim go first i guess with your top 10 yeah just to start with a couple of honorable mentions so if i'd written this back in 1990 my list probably would have been a lot different but going back now there's a lot of massive memorable albums especially in the death metal genre that are so important to the metal movement today but my honorable mentions would be pantera with cowboys even Alice in Chains, I know a lot of people will debate whether they're metal or not. I like them uh, with Facelift and Dio Lock Up the Wolves. Those would be probably my honorable mentions. I start off with number 10 with uh, the band Forbidden, Twisted Into Form. Absolutely love that album, love that band. Uh, number nine would be Sacred Reich, uh, probably uh, The American Way. Another great album, another great band. And number eight album suicidal tendencies uh lights camera number seven and this is my favorite megadeth album but it's such a strong year for everything that this hits my number seven for rest in peace number six you've got coma of souls by creator another amazing album uh number five uh annihilator never neverland i mean this and the or this and the debut album of alice and hell I don't know which one I like more. I go back and forth. Uh, so they're pretty much tied. Number four would be Obituary, Cause of Death. Huge Obituary fan. And that's a great album. I love it. Uh, we're getting down there. So number three, Death Angel, Act Three. Wicked album. And, you know, probably the album that really broke these guys wide open in a more of a mainstream stream audience. I love the first couple albums, but this is just an, another amazing album. Number two, Entombed Left Hand Path. I mean, for any death metal enthusiast, this is probably in most people's top five or at least top 10. And then number one, I got to go with Spiritual Healing by Death. And uh, I mean, that's just the way it goes. That's an, one of my favorite bands of all time as well. So 
So yeah, wait, you, you had you had suicidal as number eight, right? Yes. And you gave that a ten out of ten. So what do you these give are, your top seven? <laughs> oh my god, these are all tens. These are all these are just amazing albums. I mean, probably like Alice in Chains, <laughs> probably go like a nine out of ten for maybe. And Cowboys is a wicked album. I, and you know what? If I had done this, I probably wasn't as familiar with Entombed in 1990 as I would have been with Cowboys. So, you know, but as you get older, you start to really uh, figure these things out. <laughs> okay, I'll let, uh, I guess, yeah, I'll let, well, here, yeah, Billy, you go next. I'm, okay, yeah. cool. Actually, Jim, we we have a fair amount. Of, I, I lost count. There were, there were enough of them. <laughs> Uh, that we have crossover uh, on. So uh, number 10, I'm going to cheat because uh, I couldn't narrow it down. Um, so the two sides of death metal, uh, the Swedish death metal side in Tomb Left Hand Path uh, yeah. and Cannibal Corpse Eden Back to Life, um, the, the Florida side, uh, that's my tie for number 10. Number nine, again, uh, excellent uh, death metal on the Florida side, Dia side um and their uh, self uh, titled album number 8 uh, um slayer seasons in the abyss um for me it's definitely a step down relative to everything that came before it but still uh you know it's slayer so so it's going to make uh, my list uh number 7 death angel act 3 um again you know, my favorite death angel is definitely the debut but uh this has like such cool songwriting variety uh, makes it a classic album six uh, suicidal lights camera uh, five Jim you had this one forbidden twisted into form oh yeah I mean Russ Anderson's one of the best vocalists in thrash uh, I mean the band reformed they're touring yep. Uh, we're going to see what the new album is. Russ is not there, so he's pretty hard to replace. Uh, number four for me, an album I just absolutely love. Speaking of, of amazing vocalists, Sanctuary, uh, Into the Mirror, Black, Rest in Peace, Whirl, uh, probably my all-time favorite metal vocalist uh, of all uh, uh, genres, a killer songwriting here. Three, Megadeth, Rest in Peace. Uh, this, you know, for me, Marty Friedman was my favorite guitarist uh even you know 10 years before this album came out doing his early solo stuff in the early 80s maybe not 10 years maybe seven or eight years uh but him on here just elevated megadeth to the next level uh hands down my favorite megadeth album number two death spiritual healing um you know killer album james murphy on guitar uh great and then my number one yeah, james murphy again and pops up here uh, obituary cause of death uh, yeah. <laughs> my favorite album my favorite band i've said that many times um so yeah great year for metal uh, and then just quickly uh, a couple honorable mentions uh, i guess judas priest painkiller came out this uh, uh this year as well that's got to be on there uh, one of my favorite technical thrash albums mekong delta from germany uh dances of death a great album uh the self titled trouble album you know cool psychedelic yeah. uh doom album there you know i had creator here um and then maybe a call out nocturnus uh, a cool uh death metal band ahead of their time that actually sort of combined keyboards uh into the uh into the death metal landscape so real landmark album uh, nocturnus the key needs to be mentioned and then really quickly artillery by inheritance inheritance uh and next hoarder slaughter at the vatican great year in metal yeah well you guys match a lot more than i'm gonna match with you guys there's a few but <laughs> but again that's because i wasn't in the death metal back then and i'm still i've listened to it a little more now with meeting you guys and other people in the metal pit that are into death metal since most of them are now so i've got into it a little more but not enough to go back and pick out albums from 1990 i guess to get in there so yeah there's no death metal on my list i don't think at all so first two honorable mentions first i have bruce dickinson's first solo album tattoo oh. millionaire which isn't very heavy of course but i love bruce dickinson so i had to throw that in there and my other honorable mention is scatterbrain does anybody know scatterbrain yeah yeah no they're cool yeah yes 
Yeah. Now it was mostly because of the song "Don't Call Me Dude." I just thought the song was hilarious, <laughs> and the video was hilarious. So I don't you know, know about the rest of the album, but it was funny and different and stuff. So yeah, there we go. So okay, number ten, I got Steve Vai because I love Steve Vai's guitar playing. So I have his second album, "Passion and Warfare." I love the audience's listening track where he's back in public school playing the guitar in his class, and I just I love that song because he's just so. I don't know, amazing guitarist there. Number nine, I got Anthrax with Persistence of Time. Yeah. Number eight, I know will disappoint people because a lot of people don't seem to like this album, but I do. But Iron Maiden, No Prayer for the Dying. I know a lot Great of fans don't like that, but I do. Because I didn't really like the two before that, even though I know a lot of people did, because where they kind of get into the keyboard thing or whatever, Seventh Son and... Somewhere in time, they weren't my favorite, so I was kind of glad they got back into the other stuff again. <laughs> Number seven, I have, I guess, I don't know if you call this hair metal. I guess they're kind of hair metal. So this is definitely not in either one of your lists. But I got Extreme with Pornog Porno Graffiti. Because I yeah. love Nuno Betancourt's guitars playing on this. And it's kind of funky, too, which, of course, they had a song called uh, Funk It Up or what? I forget now the name of the song. But get anyway, the funk out. Yeah, let's get the funk out. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song. Okay, number six, I got Annihilators, Never Never Land, which was mentioned. Number five, I got Painkiller by Judas Priest, their 12th studio album. Number four, I have I got some honorable mentions. Oh no, Billy mentioned this one. Slayer. I got Slayer Season in the Abyss is my number four. Number three, I have Trouble with their fourth album which was self-titled because trouble is one of my favorite bands ever nice. number two i have pantera with cowboys from hell that was their fifth studio album but i never heard their first four because they weren't really heavy i guess that i know of until phil joined the band so that one and of course number one is suicidal tendencies the album we talked about today so there's our lists anything cool. anybody wants to add about suicidal tendencies or 1990 uh, i was 19 in 1990 so uh <laughs> you know i was just getting i was just a young pop and living life to the fullest and i haven't stopped <laughs> yeah no like it's funny like for me i if i look back and you know doing the top 50 album list really helped but i would say i mean no joke probably uh 85 90 percent of my albums are uh 89 uh 88 89 90 with the majority being 89 90 um so I, and this period is where i was seeing all these amazing bands live uh many for the first time it's probably you know it's not probably it is my favorite time in metal uh 88 89 90 are the peak of metal for me um yeah love that period and, and I, you know, I knew. Blake, I, sorry, I saw Extreme open up for uh, ZZ Top on that tour for a porno graffiti. <laughs> oh, that so that's why, yeah, they opened up for ZZ Top, but came to Halifax, which was wicked, sold out. I remember watching a movie on Netflix about an air air band contest used to have, or air air guitar contest used to have. Yeah. And the guy that won the championship did an Extreme song. It's not the one on this album, I don't think. It's the come out and play or whatever that song i think it's from the album before it but i just remember that from this documentary they had about air guitar and he did that song <laughs> but anyway yeah i liked extreme back then they got a little soft later on and we're trying to get the girls with their ballads and stuff but anyway i like the earlier albums. was it the extreme singer who who went on to join uh van halen, van halen. yes well? yes it so, is right? yeah yeah now i, I don't is he um, I'm not sure if he's in another band now. I forget. I thought I, I can't remember. That doesn't matter. But yeah, that yeah, it was Gary Sharon who was joining yeah, yeah. Van Halen yeah. there for a while. I don't think I ever heard anything by Van Halen when he was a singer myself. But because <laughs> Dave Van Halen died when Dave died, even though I know Van Halen probably died when he died. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's it. I will, will say one thing. I want to say uh, Billy's leaving in a few weeks for his 
cruise on the 10,000 tons of, wait, 70,000 70. tons of metal. <laughs> Sorry, I was a little light there. 70,000 tons of metal cruise soon. So I hope that goes well. And I hope he doesn't fall overboard after hearing his favorite bands. And we'll, <laughs> hope, we'll look forward to hearing about that cruise after that's over. But that's in like late January, February. So safe travels to you, Billy. You. And me and Jim will be here in Canada shoveling snow once we get some, <laughs> as we don't really have yeah. any right now. But so you'll be so. laying on the cruise and we'll be shoveling snow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take so, you anyway. So have thanks a beer for you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yes. So thanks for joining me today. Now, depending on where you listen to our podcast, if it would be awesome if you could give us a review, rate the podcast, and leave a comment if you can, like if you listen on YouTube, or if you have any comments or suggestions, email us at info at themetalpit.org. And remember, if you want to donate money to us, remember, we will take your mama's dentures if they got gold in them. <laughs> thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>